Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. What is up? Cam Rogers with you alongside Bridget Whalen. Of course, you know who we are. We are your Tiger Woods experts here for you as, yes, we do reset the PGA Tour season this week at the Safeway Open out there in Napa, California. The Tour Championship was last week. This week is a brand new PGA Tour season, the 2020-2021 season. Only a 48-hour break. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, right back into the action. Hit us up on social media. I am on Twitter, at MrRogers99, and on Instagram, at MrRogers98. Follow Bridget on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget K. Whalen. Here is the rundown with today's show presented by Bet Online. Tour Championship recap. Here we go again. Dustin Johnson rules at East Lake. What does that mean for his U.S. Open chances next week? Bridget Whalen is going to be on site next week, so she'll be able to feed me some fun information throughout the week. Important notes on the 2020 and 2021 PJ Tour season. The schedule is set. We'll keep, we'll keep you updated on everything about this interesting season as we go throughout the podcast. But today we will tackle some interesting nuggets of information about this year, in particular the amount of majors that are on the docket. So stay tuned for that. Plus what is in store for Tiger Woods and his schedule now that we know the rundown of the events, could we see some fans at some point? Maybe 2021? I'll ask Bridget that. And then, of course, the Safeway Open is this week. I'll be honest, folks. It ain't a great field. A lot of people getting ready for the U.S. Open next week, which is in New York. So why fly to California to play in a regular PJ Tour event? So totally get why a lot of folks aren't making the trip. But we will still make our predictions and in a way we're going to show off our skills because we're going to be digging deep into these picks here and of course Bridget and I will be resetting the allotted money totals because it's a new year so there you go like I said the Tiger Woods podcast is presented by betonline.ag did you hear the wait it's finally over football is back you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I have my eyes on my Baltimore Ravens this week, playing at 1 o'clock, taking on the Cleveland Browns. I like this team a lot this year, and bias aside, I think they make it to the AFC Championship game, so perhaps you throw a bet on the Ravens for a future bet. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place. And there is always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's right, bonuses, free money. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I welcome in Bridget to the program. She is up north as she gets ready for the U.S. Open. Hello, Bridget. 
Hi, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. She's on a cell phone, ladies and gentlemen, but she still sounds just fine. So we are going to be rolling along with some great content on this program. And Bridget, I know you want to look ahead to winged foot, but let's look back. I mean, the tour championship just happened. It's the third win for DJ since the beginning of the PGA tour resumption, if you will, that restart clearly the best player in the world right now, closing round of 68 that gave Johnson a winning total of 21 under par Shoffley and JT shared second place at 18 it was the fourth event in a row in which Johnson had led or shared the lead after 54 holes. The last player to do that, Tiger Woods in 1999. <laughs> so there you go. Shocker alert. So Bridget, I mean, the domination continues. And I guess maybe you put an asterisk next to this win because, you know, he was 10 under par to start without even hitting a shot. And technically, Xander Shoffley, quote unquote, won the week because he was right. the lowest. But anyway, I mean, this is a big time feat for DJ riding some major momentum. Yeah. And I guess he always wanted to win it and he finally did it. I think Steve Sands misquoted him and said that Dustin said he needs to win this. He does not need to win it. Dustin clarified, but he wanted to win it. And he did. I mean, I think that the 10 shot advantage is insane. And if he didn't capitalize on it, I would have been very surprised. But yeah, as you said, Xander technically would have won if we didn't have the advantage in play. So I don't know. I guess DJ lucked out a little bit. He deserved the win, though. You have to wonder if Brooks Kepka's comments about Dustin Johnson at the PGA Championship maybe lit a fire under DJ's butt and just wanted to go off a la Ricky Fowler not too long ago <laughs> when everybody said that he was the most overrated player, right? And then he went off in multiple top tens in majors that year, all four majors. So, hmm, it makes you wonder, Bridget. I'm just saying. That's, that's my parents' house phone going off, everybody. <laughs> We'll take a momentary pause for that. Let's also just appreciate that there are still landlines out there, folks, for you 90s kids. I mean, I have one in Orlando. so There you, you go. Know. I am the byproduct of my parents. I do not think that Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler have much in common. And this is something that I don't think DJ shares with Ricky. I okay. don't think that Brooke's saying anything negative to the sense of he only has one you know, one major. I, I really don't think that that got under Dustin's skin. I think Dustin said it perfectly. He's playing some of the best golf, maybe the best golf he's ever played in his life right now. And he's going to utilize that and he's going to win. That's what he does. He is now a winner in my book. He used to not be. Hmm. He comes back from, so he has come back from so much hardship and he continues to come back from hardship. Not long ago, at the beginning of the restart, he shot 80, 80, 78, and then he withdrew. That's insane. Imagine coming back from that, and now he is the player of the year, unequivocally, in my opinion. So I don't think that Brooks put the monkey on DJ's back type thing. I think that DJ is in sort of a lot of, like a winning streak lot right now, and he's just going to roll with it, and he's going to continue to win. I really think he has a great shot at Wingfoot. I really do. Yeah. And I know that coming off of this win, we finished on a Monday. So this week's a little shorter, essentially, you could say. 
and he will have to get up to New York, I would assume, if not over the weekend by Monday. So it's, it's a little condensed, but I don't think that bothers DJ. He's 36. It's not like he has to recover how we're all worried about Tiger recovering. He's not like that. I know they put him in the older category. He's 36, guys. He's not in his 40s yet. So for me, I think DJ's going to bounce back fine. I really like him at Wingfoot. I don't think Brooks has any bearings over how many times DJ wins, and I don't think he had any bearing on DJ securing the FedEx Cup. I, I think I think you're right. I think I was just trying to create a storyline out of nothing there. <laughs> I mean, hey, I made an effort on it. I made an effort. But you're I, the media, Cam. This is what you do. This is what I do. I'm one of those people. Yep, yep. Lame stream media person right here. No. Uh, you know, I think something that Dustin proved at the FedEx Cup playoffs is that or at least reinforced it, he can win anywhere with any type of game. I mean, you look at the Northern Trust, you juxtapose that with the BMW Championship. Are you kidding me? I mean, we're talking about double digits under par in one tournament and then a U.S. Open-like atmosphere in another tournament and DJ right there both times. So, you know, if anything, it's, hey, I've got this versatile game and I can win in really any conditions. And again, he has proven this before. I mean, he won at Oakmont and also won at the Travelers. Both of them are very different setups and very different uh, layouts. So, you know, you use that information and look ahead to Wingfoot. I think you really have to consider him the favorite for the U.S. Open. And I know we briefly mentioned whether John Rahm should be after he won last week. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's DJ, DJ, DJ all the way, and then sprinkle in JT, sprinkle in Xander maybe, and, you know, I think you just kind of go from there. It could be a DJ versus the field type of situation next week for people placing their bets out there. I think that's how good of golf he's playing. Yeah, for me, I think that he is a game that travels. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he has proven – that when he has everything firing on all cylinders, he's unbeatable. If he's going to be beat and driving, like good luck if he's driving it straight. There's no way. If he's acing these putts like insane now that he's brought his brother in on all the reads, they've become like little machine putt reading machines. Like it's it's almost kind of scary how much he has mastered sort of each segment of the game. When his short game is on, it's on. It, like he knocks it close with an iron better than anyone if he's playing well. So he's the type of guy that he really has mastered every facet of the game. So when all of those things are in line, I mean, good luck beating him. Honestly, you're going to be very hard pressed. And now that him and Austin have really mastered this like putting system or whatever you want to call it, they have definitely some routine down. Like, you putt for dough. So right. that's really what he had to get a hold of. And man, he he is making putts. And I know he um he didn't make many from like 10 to 15 feet in the tournament this past weekend, but he didn't have like many that were inside that window. So his misses on those, it's like, yeah, but he didn't have many to have that percentage really be like something significant, if you know what I mean. So for him, putting is something that he has struggled with that is well documented. He's not struggling with that anymore. So good luck. Good luck to all you players trying to beat DJ. He's I mean, number one for a reason. <laughs> right. Just look back in 2015, Chambers Bay, that missed putt to literally 
win the U.S. Open, and he missed it, and uh, Jordan Spieth went on to win. So right. that's where he got that choker sort of deal, right, that label. And now look how different it is. In 2020, Absolutely. this guy yeah, is just tearing it up right now. And so we're going to assume that he will be – Performing quite well at Wingfoot. If he doesn't win, he certainly will be inside the top 15, top 10. So we shall see. Let's talk about the entire schedule. So we are set now. 50 total events, the most since 1975. So like I mentioned, there's no long break, like three-week break or anything like that this fall to let the NFL kind of settle in. No, we're going right into it with the Safeway Open this week. Two Masters held in a span of six months. That is unique. So some important dates here. The U.S. Open, September 17th. That's when that starts. Of course, the Masters in November go through the holiday season and then the reboot, if you will, in the winter go to March. You have the Players' Championship, the Masters again in April, PGA Championship at the Ocean Course, Kiowa Island in May. U.S. Open at Torrey. That'll be fun in June. The Open Championship, which was canceled this past summer, will still be at Royal St. George's in July. Then you have the Olympics in August through September 1st. And then you have the FedEx Cup playoffs kicked down the road a little bit September 16th through October 5th. So that's where we are set up for the PGA Tour schedule. And Bridget, I guess I shall ask you, what particularly stands out as you now have this official layout? Um, I, I don't know, like a lot. <laughs> the majors galore? Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, I always think about Tiger. That's just what I do. So I'm trying to figure out Obviously, he's going to play all the majors, for sure. It's just, it, it's going to be very tightly packed, if you know what I mean, in the sense of the recovery time and the transition time and, like, where all these tournaments are located. It's it's just a lot, a lot. That's really my consensus of what you just said is it's a lot to digest. And I was just going to ask, I mean, as we look at this from a Tiger Woods lens now, it's like, okay, will he have to thin down his schedule even more because he understands that there is going to be quite the haul, say, from March to August as it pertains to the major championships, the Players' Championship, the Olympics, and then the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, I mean, I give – credence to maybe he skipping the memorial next year I mean I don't know what's going to happen there could be some curveballs from this guy just so he can maintain you know good body percentage keep it 100 percent all the time and not you know have to worry about uh, wearing down the back or anything like that yeah I whenever I that's what I do I'm always looking through a Tiger Woods lens whenever I see any sort of updates or changes or releases. I try to think of how it would affect him. And yeah, I agree with you. He's probably going to skip a tournament that he typically plays. Um, and it may, uh, might as well be the Memorial Shore. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure which tournament will be or tournaments. Mm -hmm. I could even see him sort of making this like 
major only and then like one preparatory event prior to schedule. I know that's a little crazy to think, but I could kind of see that happening. Uh, for me, it's just, it's really going to be a lot of golf happening in a really short amount of time. A lot of, a lot of like big time golf. We always have a lot of golf happening in a short amount of time. The wraparound season, golf never stops. This isn't like that unusual. It's just the condensing of now all four majors would have already been in the books up to this point, And now they're not, you know what I mean? So now we're pushing those back. They're getting into like the next window of when the majors would be. It's sort of like over the overlapping is definitely something different, but it's not like we're going back to back to back to back. Mm. So I just think it's going to be a lot of really high sort of, pressured golf in a short amount of time and for him the high pressured golf moments are what he focuses on always have it's not going to be particularly stacked up for him either at least right. through the fall and the early winter right i mean we'll see him next week at the u.s open you would think he throws in the zozo in october to defend his title quote unquote even though it's not in japan and then play the Masters, and then see you later in 2021. So we'll yep. probably only see Tiger three times between now and Christmas. Would that make sense? Yeah, uh, I agree 100% with that completely. I think he'll throw in the Zozo just for being the defending champion, and now it's on so home soil here. I think it's it's kind of like hard to – sort of miss that opportunity to defend a title and who knows how many times he'll have the chance to do that again so I agree with you I think we'll see him there of course I think we'll see him at the Masters <laughs> that would be like God, I hope so yeah <laughs> that would that would be a shocker if we didn't see him there uh other than that no I think he'll enjoy the holidays and uh yeah we'll see him in 2020 at some point all right and I think 2021 he oh my gosh 2020 is ending what yeah, is thank God. Thank God. This, Seriously. This year? <laughs> We've said this year way too many times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> too many memes have been created. It's like, all right, it's time. Good Lord. Time to move on. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I think we do see him for the first time in 2021 at the Farmers Insurance Open because it's at Torrey Pines, the site of the next U.S. Open. So right. I don't think he skips that one. Maybe he wants to take a peek at the course ahead of time. Uh, obviously, it won't be the same as the U.S. Open course, but I digress. But yeah, it'll be an interesting sort of storyline to track here as we go forward. Now, I want to ask you about fans, Bridget, because your prediction, rightfully so, was that we won't see fans the rest of the year, and you are dead on with that one. Now, so let's see if you can do it again. When do we see fans ever in 2021? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, we'll honestly, see. I honestly don't know because I heard that they're not building scaffolding at waste management. Yeah. And that is like the biggest fan tournament. I mean, it's the biggest. I know that the travelers gets voted by the fans as the best, but the fandom at waste management is wild. So I don't know. I really don't know. I think so once a vaccine is out, I think then the conversation begins to happen, but I think it then takes a lot of time because I've, I've heard that the vaccine, there might be a little wrinkle in it where you have to get a shot and then a month later have to get another shot. So 
you're going to have to monitor who has the vaccine. Like, just think about it from it's difficult. A yeah, from tur a tournament logistics, uh, it, it really is kind of cumbersome to think about. So, for me, I honestly wouldn't expect fans for the first third of 2021. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to take time to process, to plan, to, uh, yeah, I, so the thing for me is once you open up that bubble, then you're, unless you're 100% certain, you're, you're definitely asking for trouble. Because once you open that up, you're then putting the players at risk who have now, up until that point, it will be a, almost close to a year of testing and, you know, having this high sort of maintenance type of ability to be on site. The things that you have to do to be present on site it is a lot now to, to get to that point. So in order to open up that bubble, you're really going to have to be certain that all precautions have been made. And honestly, I don't, I don't exactly know how you do that. So that's, that's my problem from a logistical standpoint. And I had this problem, you know, four months ago. So I, I still don't see the solution. Even when the vaccine rolls out, I still, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. So I think it's going to take a while. Yeah, I would agree. And I guess the logic is if it ain't broke, don't fix it in that the PGA Tour is doing so well right now. Right. Why force the issue and bring in 8,000 fans where that's not really going to help monetarily speaking in relative terms? So I think you're right. I think the timeline comes down to the vaccine and there's buzz that maybe we get it before Election Day. Doubtful. But there's also buzz that, hey, it could be widely available early 2021. You go ahead and, and we start pushing this thing out. And yeah, I think, you know, the Bridget timeline of after the first third of the year could certainly be logical. So we shall see about that. But no fans for now, obviously, totally fine with it. I do want to touch upon, uh, I got to do it, the Phil Mickelson tweet from a week ago about Tiger and Phil saying, quote, Dear Tiger, thank you for all that you have done for this great game of golf. No one has benefited more than me, and I just wanted you to know I appreciate you and all you've done. That's all. Thank you. Okay, Bridget, was he drinking? Is there something more to this? Was he just in a sentimental mood? Because that happens to me sometimes when I throw back a few extra seltzers and I get all sentimental with my friends saying, I love you guys so much. You're wonderful people. Is that what this is or is there more? I don't know. I think he definitely had some wine for sure that <laughs> night. There's no way. Or he lost a bet. It's one or the other. It, okay. it wasn't it wasn't genuine. It wasn't sincere. It wasn't coming from a place of nothing. No way. We know Phil, Phil way better than that by now. He either was a little tipsy, a little under it, maybe at a phone call or a text convo with Tiger. Maybe some old feelings were brought up. Maybe he heard what Tiger said about him. There's no way he's not going to win when he's out on the chance tour. Although I don't know if that was a diss as so much as it was giving him kudos to say like when he's against PJ tour champions, I don't know how he wouldn't win just by length alone or whatever tiger said. So I don't know if it was a mix of that or what I think went down is he lost a bet. The guy is a betting freak. He that that's a total lose a bet move in my opinion. 
Okay. I think I endorse that as well. I think it could be a bet. I think it could be some Pinot Noir as well. But, you know, it's interesting to see. It was a little alarming, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I was like, all right, why is he saying this right now? Like, what's going on? And obviously, you know, it's been a week. So, like, nothing else has transpired from that. But it was, you know, interesting. I think uh, golf Twitter kind of went pretty wild about it, as you probably saw. It was a wild tweet. I went wild about it. Honestly, that's how I feel every day of my life. And that may be weird, but that's my truth. So I empathize with that tweet. I was not coming from a betting standpoint. And that's what I'm going with with Phil. I do genuinely, I'm going to take it back. I do think that he genuinely does appreciate everything that Tiger has oh, done. Oh, sure. Don't get me wrong. That tweet in particular, do I think it was full-blown genuine? No, absolutely not. That was, I don't know what that was. Also, it was so random. Like, <laughs> right? It, it, it was so random. The time, the day, it was so random that it, it couldn't have not have been a random scenario. And that's, that's what I think. Phil is a, he is a betting man. He makes bets with his kids. That was for sure. He lost a bet. And he was drunk. Both. We'll say both. Yeah, I think it's a combination of the two. Here's what I'll say. I think it is natural for Tiger Nation to be hypersensitive to these sorts of, I guess, nuggets of social media information or news items because we have seen the bad news before, Bridget, right? Like, Correct. you know, here I am in 2014. I'm going to get this back surgery. You won't see me all year. Or here I am. I can't be the, at the Masters this year. Or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? We have been fed bad news about Tiger, Tiger Woods multiple times within the past 10 years. And so when we see something like that, it's easy for us to sort of, okay, what's going on here, right? So anyway, I think it's all in good fun. Obviously, nothing really came of it. It's Like I said, it's been a week, so here we are. All right, let's talk about the Safeway Open. Like I said, it's a new season, so we are restarting our tally. I... Took it to task on Bridget in our picks since the restart, leading by nearly $3 million. But I will say, I guess that total is kind of skewed, Bridget, because, you know, some tournaments are worth more. The purses are higher in some. So if I get, you know, a couple right in the high price range and you get more top tens in the lower price range, I mean, it's kind of confusing. But anyway. We'll, we'll roll with the uh, money earned here as we uh, tally throughout the 2020-2021 season. All right, so Silverado Country Club in Napa, California. I was going to say Matt Kuchar, Jordan Spieth, and Sergio Garcia headlined the field, but I realized just before going on air that Matt Kuchar dropped out. So you got Spieth, you got Sergio, and you got a whole lot of – yeah, it's not a great field, I'll be honest with you guys. But I think that, Rafa's in the field. Oh, you know you know who's – I got it. Graham Dillette. <laughs> nope, I got, I got a good one. Who you the got? The reigning Open champion, Shane Lowry's in the field. There you go. No open this year. There, there you go. <laughs> All right, so Shane Lowry's in the field. So obviously this tournament has been a breeding ground for first-time winners. So it was the site of the first PGA Tour win for five of the past nine winners on the PGA Tour. So that's an interesting little nugget there. So maybe you want to go youth 
as you talk about picks and place your bets on Bet Online. Bridget, who are you going with this week at the Safeway to kick off the year? He has to win. I, I, if it's the Safeway, that's fine. He has to win something. He has to win the 2017 Open. It's almost 2021, Jordan Spieth. Do you think he's at this tournament to find something in his game? I mean... I'm trying to figure out why he's here. To play? To... to, to the U.S. Open. I don't know. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to travel to California and then travel back to New York for the U.S. Open. So I'm curious. Yeah, he, he hasn't played in so long. It's true. Yeah. He is so cerebral. He's such, I'm going to say this with fondness. I love Jordan Spieth. He's a mental case. He's, <laughs> he's a legit mental case. So I think he has to get into that. I get, you know what? We're going to default to Phil Mickelson here. Whoa, he play, a change midair. Yeah, here we go. Why do you play the PGA Tour Champions event? Uh, I guess to just build confidence, create confidence maybe, or yeah. Get that competitive feel that you can't create anywhere else besides in a tournament. That is the only place you are going to get those. Now we're going to go back to Jordan, the feels. <laughs> or I guess it's both of them. They both say feels a lot. They're big feel players. Yeah. They're big, well, I mean, so is Tiger. He's a feel guy. So Jordan needs to get these, needs to get the feels. And he's got to win. I, he has to win. If he doesn't win, he has to win. That, that's it. He has to win. He's either going to win or he's going to pull a Dustin Johnson at the beginning of the restart and shoot 80 80. That's it. There's no in between for my guy. He's no T32 or anything like that? No. Nope. He's going to miss the cut or he's going to win. That's it. Okay. I mean, if he comes in second, I'm going to chalk that up to like, eh, he almost won. But no, he's not going to finish fifth. Absolutely not. All right, so there you have it. Uh, Jordan Spieth ha has been quite some time, just over three years now, since he has won a PJ Tour event. So we'll see. Here's who I'm going with. Taylor Gooch, the Gooch, who has made the weekend in three of his past four starts on tour and has posted top 25 finishes in three of his past five starts. Also riding a hot putter, which is something that I don't typically go with, but strokes gained putting, all good in six straight starts. So he's been in the green, been in the positive in six straight starts with his flat stick. So that tells me that obviously he has that club dialed in and this could be a low scoring event. 17 under could go to the winner, something like that. So birdies will be big. Give me the gooch, but I will give a shout out to Wait, one of is the, that, are we calling him the gooch now? Did you just make this up? Oh, I totally made it up. I don't know okay. why. Yeah, okay. no. Trust me, it's not a thing. I'm just kind okay. of creating my own buzzwords now. Okay, well, shout out to Taylor Gooch. You now have a nickname. You, you are the Gooch. Now, <laughs> I will say shout out to the Cam Davis uh, <laughs> because he is playing really well. He's in the field this week, makes a lot of birdies, big hitter, kind of a uh, lower-end Cam champ, if you will. They're similar golfers, so I want to give a shout out to the Australian who is playing this week as well. But, yeah, give me the Gooch. All right, you you get you get the gooch. I'm taking the golden child. All right, that's fair. He and hey, still the he needs to child. win. Yes, he, he needs to he needs to win. He needs to uh, create some headlines oh. before the U.S. Open. 
So Do you know how much fun it is when Jordan Spieth wins? We both definitely share this. We have he is when he is on, he is so much fun to watch. It's almost weird to like talk about how poorly he's playing when you think back to 2015 when he was just mm-hmm. there every time. You know? Every time. Yeah. I mean, some people even say the 2017 Open was kind of a fluke win. Yeah, it was a major. I kind of agree. So this has been <laughs> going on longer than it, it, this has been a it's been a long time he's been struggling. So I, I'm I'm pulling for the win. I'm pulling for Jordan this week. Okay, there you have it. Safeway Open this week, the U.S. Open next week. Bridget will be on site at the, the uh, at Wingfoot in New York, so she will not be with me next week. So it'll be ya boy riding solo. Watch all the downloads go to like five, Bridget, for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, like, oh right. no, Bridget, oh, forget about it. All right, <laughs> we're out. Um, but no, you have a lot of fun. Really big. <laughs> have a lot of fun next week, and uh, obviously. It's going to be a fun tournament, and hopefully you get some good content of Tiger. Get some, maybe sneak in a couple pictures of him. Yeah, I think I'll mostly be in the media tent. I don't know how much actual golf I'll be able to see or watch, so hope, hopefully I do see Tiger hit a shot or two. But, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be fun, but it'll be a lot of work next week, so don't be too jealous. That's right. It'll be a big time week for you with the USGA. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been the Tiger Woods podcast, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We will be back with a full-fledged U.S. Open preview next week. I will give you my picks. I'm sure Bridget will text me hers and I'll reveal hers as well. And we'll chat with you guys then. For Bridget Whalen, I am Cam Rogers. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.